don't be that person who gives up 10 feet from the gold. Mm-mm. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. I'm Samantha Riley, host of Influence by Design podcast. And I'm Melanie Benson, host of Amplify Your Success podcast. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. So how often do you work with clients who change their offers, question their messaging, stop and start, always feel like they're doing something wrong, and essentially they end up giving up? and constantly trying to reinvent their business. That's what we're gonna be talking about today, perseverance and the power of not giving up. But also we're going to be talking about knowing when to give up because I think that's just as important, right Mel? I think so. I think it's a master skill, right? Like we've been, I've been in business 21 years. I know you've been in business a long time too. And I think there's a a bit of a skill set to recognize when something's good for you and maybe you're having some resistance or you're having doubts and fears that are playing in and knowing that there's something that you need to tweak and refine to be able to get to the goal, to get to that outcome and perseverance. I don't know. I think it's a superpower. I think it's something as an entrepreneur, a business leader, someone who is wrapping their expertise into a business, you have to know how to persevere and push through times that are really challenging, confusing, (laughs) daunting, right? It's Mm -hmm, like you got a really mm -hmm. big thing coming at you. I love to call it a superpower because I think that that's really what it is. And I really like that you framed that at the beginning because without this perseverance that we're going to be talking about, you actually lose that superpower. It's like kryptonite if you don't have it, right? It weakens you. It doesn't keep you as strong. So I love the way you said that. Yeah. And he could be a dog on the bone on the wrong thing, right? You're holding on to something for dear life and it's not serving you anymore. It's maybe you've grown past it or evolved. I was thinking of a conversation I had with, I have a lot of different groups I'm involved in. And there was somebody who I was giving some feedback about her niche and she wasn't ready for it. And she was just dog on a bone on something that she had outgrown. She was moving past it and it wasn't until she heard it like three or four times from different people. She was ready to act on it. So I think perseverance can be working against you when it's something that maybe you've gotten disconnected from. So I know you've got a bunch of tips, Sam, and this is an area that seems to come up a lot in both of our businesses. I thought maybe we ought to talk a little bit about the mindset of perseverance and knowing Mm -hmm. when to give up, Mm -hmm. when not to give up. Well, when you know that you are in something for the right reasons, you're pursuing something that really is truly aligned. And we'll talk about how to know that it's not that in a few minutes. There is a moment Mm -hmm. of commitment that's required. And Mm -hmm. I learned this a while back from a coach I was working with about 15 years ago, and it was really profoundly helpful to recognize that there are moments where we are interested in things. And there is a moment where we get committed to it. And there is a vastly different impact that it has on our trajectory and our motivation and our focus. So 
interest basically means you're interested in something enough to explore it, to look into it, to have it pique your curiosity, maybe have some conversations and maybe even invest in some great training and resources to help you pull it off. But interest isn't enough because what happens Mm -hmm. is we as human beings oftentimes have lots of things we're interested in, right? I know, I know you are, I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're interested in a lot of things, that's what starts to move your focus in different directions. And Mm -hmm. someone who has lots of interest is always going to choose to focus on the thing that has their interest peak the most in that moment. Interested people Mm. tend to do just enough to keep something in motion, but not enough to actually succeed at it. And that's where commitment comes in. Yeah. I I heard somebody, uh, hopefully this is relevant here for us to think about, but I heard somebody share the difference as an alcoholic, the moment they started to move out of the toxic behaviors of their alcoholism was the moment that they stopped just deciding not to drink and they committed not to drink. So I thought that was very powerful. I've never heard that before and I really love it because I can hear that those bright, shiny objects that come up, you know, a million times a month for people like us that are like, you know, always looking for what's going on, that all of a sudden that you're able to put that stuff aside because that is interesting, but it's not going to commit to get us towards our goals. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of work with people who are, they, they have this body of wisdom and, and they know they're an expert in a lot of ways, but maybe it's not translating to success the way they'd hope. They want to teach other people how to do what they do. I call it transforming their wisdom into wealth as a highly paid authority. And by the way, that's a resource that we'll share in the show notes here that you can tap into. But I really feel like when you get that commitment fully dialed in, it's like you are committing to be the person that does whatever it takes to move it to success. It's just a very different state of mind than Mm. being interested in something. And I can tell the difference in my clients when they're interested versus committed because the commitment, you're like a dog with a bone. You're not giving up. And the interest is like, yeah. Okay, so now I'm doing this thing over here and now I'm doing this thing over here and it's not bad. It's just that momentum is much slower and I think it's frustrating for people. I want to talk about the way that we set goals in our business because I think that Mm. this marries to what you're talking about really well and that is that when you're really committed to something, there can be a, a real fear around fully committing and going all in. So we do something in our business, and I do this with my clients as well, is set good, better, and best goals. Because sometimes, you know, we hear that you set a goal so big that it makes your palms sweat, but sometimes it can be so big that it actually makes you pull back. So to take the pressure off, we set, so the good goal is, well, you know, if you did this thing, whatever it is, if you did, took this project on, what is something that you'd be happy with? You know, like, okay, so I want to run this high-end mastermind. I want to launch it. And you know what? I really want 20 people, but you know what? I'd be really happy and I would run it for four or five. Okay, then that's your good goal. But once you hit that so that you don't stop, what's a goal that, that would be better? Something that would excite you a little bit more? Well, you know, I'd be happy with four, but, you know, a better goal would be would be eight. Cool. And then if you achieve that, what would be that that real awesome goal that if you did keep going, that it would be amazing? Oh, well, you know, that would be, you know, 15 or 20. 
and then setting those so that you don't constantly feel like you're a failure because you're not getting that big hairy goal but also not setting your goals so low that you never reach those better goals. So I think those good, better, best goals work really, really well in helping us to know, I guess, you know, where we're heading and not hold ourselves back, but also don't push ourselves hard enough. Yeah, I like that. I didn't used to do that. And I think it was you that started talking about that in my life. And I'm like, that's a good way to do it is to look at these different ranges rather than one goal that if you don't hit it, you maybe start to make up this thing in your head that you're never going to be there. You're never going to get it. And I think that affects our resolve to mm-hmm. persevere, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's another thing that comes up a lot for people and it's misunderstood. And I think it really, again, it affects their resolve to persevere and that's resistance mm-hmm. and not really understanding what resistance is about. And mm. I've like witnessed so many times. Thing. I think it's many things. True. Yeah. I think it has a lot of different ways resistance shows up. When it comes to getting, I like to call them bold goals. You are calling them big, better, best. I do a lot of work with people to challenge them to set really bold goals that stretch them so much. They cannot be the same person, right? It's like, uh-huh. you're like, this is so big. I had no idea how to pull it off, but I know in every fiber of my being, I have to do this. Uh-huh. And I think those, like you're saying, sometimes those goals get so big, it's daunting and, and people pull away from it or there's resistance. And the resistance, I think sometimes people think resistance means stop. Mm-hmm. or fear. Like if you have fear coming up, it means stop. Like something bad might happen. I actually think sometimes that resistance means there's something that's getting ready to emerge and there's something that you're holding on to in, in your beliefs or your ideas of what success is or your idea about the thing you're doing that the resistance is telling you, I don't feel ready yet. Mm-hmm. and and or there's conflict about it mm-hmm. so I don't know like what do you see happens for people when there's resistance that impacts that desire to persevere no matter what's going on well I mean obviously everyone's different but definitely I see that resistance where that is the point where most people will pull back and yeah. it's normally because they're asking themselves a really unresourceful question like I don't know how to do this That is the most unresourceful question ever because you don't need to know how. So I think this is the time when this resistance comes up, that's the time to start asking yourself resourceful questions, which are more like what or who, when, why, you know, starting off with, okay, well, why am I doing this and starting to get really clear on the outcome or, you know, what needs to be implemented or who do I need to reach out to? Because the how question will stop you in your tracks every time. And it still comes up for me. I don't know about you, Melanie, but sometimes I still notice that I say, how am I doing that? But I'll catch myself out really quick and I'll give myself a good talking to. Stop it. Don't ask that question. You don't (laughs) need to know how you're doing. Because when you're doing something really big or something new, you don't know how to do it. So asking yourself that question is just never going to have you moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's sometimes hard to think about continuing to go if it feels like there's never an end in sight, right? It's like, Uh is there ever an end to this? Am I ever going to get there? Whatever there is. I don't know, like coming back to this idea of perseverance for a second, I love this idea that, and I say something similar. I I love this idea that for asking ourselves the wrong questions, it's very hard 
to continue the journey when you're getting in your head and you're getting yourself stuck and asking yourself, how am I going to do this? Or I don't know how to do it, which isn't even a question. Mm -hmm. It's just a, uh, it's a statement that limits your vision of what's possible. And, you know, I believe that great ideas emerge when you recognize there's resistance, but you do not let the resistance become a stop sign. I love that. Your best work, like the tweak, maybe the bigger possibility, the bolder goal, the more expansive version of you, like we stretch our capacity to meet that thing that we're committed to in our lives. And if you're committed to small things, you get small growth, you get small outcomes. If you're committed to bold outcomes, you stretch into bold outcomes, like that capacity stretches to meet you where you are committed to being. Mm. And I don't know, like, I think resistance is something that tells us we're on the edge. Don't give up, but maybe be willing for it to look a little differently or to shift to allow you to achieve that goal in a way that you can't see is even possible yet. Mm, I love that. I think there's another layer for me, and I don't know if you're going to resonate with this, but I think that sometimes resistance can be because we put so much meaning on one particular thing that we're not quite sure how to make it happen. And I think, actually, I don't think I know. I know that by treating our business like an experiment, it can open up so much more. So I'll give you an example of this because yesterday I was sitting down with my husband and business partner and we were coming up with next quarter's projects or or projects that we're carrying into 2022. And when you start talking about some of these big goals, you can be like, I don't understand how that fits in or I don't, you know, get how that works, where we always have the conversation of, all right, well, let's just take away the being right. Let's just clear that off the table. And What if? We ask ourselves a lot of, well, what if? What could this look like? What if we did this? And we treat our business like a constant experiment. And with an experiment, just like it is in science, what you're doing is you're getting the data and you're using that to make the next sort of decisions rather than you know, saying, well, this is our goal and making everything try. It's almost like you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So experimentation, I think, is a really great way to work through resistance. Okay, let's go deeper into this because this is really good. And I I tell people all the time, don't get attached. Experiment, go test it, see how it feels. Go like, see how your market responds, right? And I think maybe this has a little bit to do with people who get into running their own business that maybe don't have that full entrepreneurial spirit, right? They're still learning how to be an entrepreneur, but like, how would you guide, like, what are some of the practical ways that can look if you're going to test and experiment in figuring out if this is right for you, or if this is the next direction to go? Whoa, that's a big question because straight up my brain is going, how do I do that? Because I really think it's the opposite. It's like if we decide that we want to, okay, let's dive into pricing because this is where a lot of people get resistance, okay? So if we were deciding, okay, what could it look like if we 10X'd our pricing next week? Because that's a really big, bold goal. It's something that really, that you're like, I can't do that because that's not possible. So around that, it's like, all right, well, okay, let's just have a chat about what would need to happen to tax our pricing? What would we need to deliver to our clients? And we would just start to, 
I guess I call it brain dump. I don't, I don't know another way to say it, but we're just like, okay, well, let's just write a list of all the things that we could add in that would add value to be able to 10X our pricing. So it's coming up with that big, bold goal that usually seems like it's out of, you know, out of reach and then asking ourselves, well, what could happen or what? And, you know, some of it might be ridiculous. And this is what I really enjoy too, you know, because we have lots of laughs because we just start to be silly. Out of that, especially if you're bouncing off people, you're like, okay, well, that was ridiculous, but it just gave me the thought, what about this? And I think it's just that, that constant play in what would it look like? Hmm. So I'm thinking back to our theme for today being perseverance. And what I'm hearing in that is trusting these little like niggly thoughts, these little tweaks of an idea that are sparking your enthusiasm and your inspiration. And instead of limiting them going, well, I don't know how to do that. Or I, that doesn't make any sense and everything else. You play it out and say, well, what would it look like? What could it look like? What would have to happen for this to, to be able to, to take off now? We got to contrast that with the constantly chasing a bright, shiny idea, mm-hmm. which I think is the kind of the opposite problem, right? So we've got the the side where it's like, okay, I don't know how to do something. And then there's the people that are trying to do it all. Like they're chasing all these different ideas. And we were open this up today with this premise that sometimes people don't see the traction. So they're constantly refining and changing and adding and subtracting and, and, you know, getting ready to throw the whole business away, but maybe there's a better way to get that traction. What would you suggest to somebody who's in that space? Yeah. And can I just give, I just go even a little bit deeper because the specific way that I see this playing out in people's businesses is that they create some sort of program or product or, or mastermind. And they've got this great idea to create this thing and they spend a lot of time doing it. And then they don't get the interest that they were expecting. And sometimes they might just get one person reach out. This is something that I hear a lot. And then, and then they'll reach out to me and say, oh my goodness, only one person's interested. I don't want to run it for one person. And then they just, instead of sort of working through that, they're just like, no, so obviously that product is no good. No, Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of that. And I see them bouncing between this. I've got this great idea. Let's implement it. Didn't work. And then they throw the baby out with the bathwater. So that's the way that I see it manifesting in people's lives. Now, where the commitment comes in is they might have a really, really great product. And I would say 99% of the times, it's not actually the product that's a problem. It's the marketing that's a problem. So if one person's reached out, that's great. That means that there's someone that's interested in that, which means there's going to be more people interested in that. So this is where you need to really get committed and tweak your marketing. There's something that I learned from my coach years and years ago when I first started in the online space, and it was the power of the five ones. And we always implement this. I do this with all of my clients. So the five ones is having one dream client or ideal client or avatar, however you want to say it, but one person with one program. So that signature program that you're known for that people can repeat and say, yeah, I know Melanie does this thing. I know Sam does this thing. That's what they're known for. One channel. So how are you you building your audience? Are you showing up on 10 different social media channels a little bit or are you showing up on one channel a lot and really owning that space? One way to convert those clients. So are you getting them through webinars or live events? whatever it is. And then for one year, you must commit to that. 
So one dream client, one program, one channel, one conversion event for one year without changing and chopping. And what I see consistently is every time that someone launches or puts that new marketing, they double the number of that come in. They double it again, they double it again, they double it again. That one person turns into two, turns into four, turns into eight, rather than one person that they never ever take on and they throw out the baby with the bathwater. I love this five ones. I wish I would have known this when I started. Right? <laughs> saved me a lot of heartache. I'm very lucky I had a good coach. <laughs> you had a great coach. You had a great coach. This fantastic framework. And I'm thinking about those people that are, they're on the fence about something. Mm-hmm. And so I, last year I was in a place, this is what, where this is probably coming up. And I'm constantly like aware of my own habits. My, my self-awareness is really, you know, 21 years in, I start coaching myself. Right. And I'm, <laughs> I'm recognizing that like, okay, there are moments where I do what you were just talking about, where I'm like, okay, I don't know. Like I'm kind of not feeling this anymore. I don't know if it's time to let it go. And I start to wonder, And I know that a lot of other people go through this too. It's like, I have put so much time and money into something. Am I really going to walk away from it now? Like I spent five or six years teaching people how to build dream teams. And one day I literally was like, I cannot do it another day. Like, I do not want this conversation to come up one more time. It's like, that's not to say I don't help people with their team building, but it didn't want it to be the only conversation I was having. And there was something that was emerging in me and I was really ready to allow space for it. But my business was so full and there was so much going on teaching people how to build dream teams that I didn't have the space to allow it to emerge and get clarity. And so I had to kind of develop some processes to really evaluate and get clear when I was maybe like doing that bright, shiny idea chasing and and just kind of moving too quickly away from something before it got to the gold. Or is it really time to let something go because mm-hmm. my energy's not in it anymore? My inspiration's moved away from it and it, it kind of like completed that chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about when we know it's time to allow something to dissolve or to sell it or to let it go, whatever that, that form is going to be. I'll just start with one of my own signs I know is I do a so I go through this three step process. The first step is I go I look at the facts and data, and I do a pros and cons, or I might like look at the things I value, and then and then kind of rate it against the decision. Like, is this something that really still serves these priorities and these values and these needs I have for my business and my life? Mm-hmm. And that usually gives me ultimate clarity. But I add one thing into that process, and I call it like expansive versus contractive. Mm-hmm. I actually did a whole episode on Empire Success because people are like wait a minute, how does that work? Yeah, and this so, sounds okay. so good. <laughs> yeah. So I did a whole episode. You can find it on Amplifier Success Podcast if you want. But, and I'm happy to link it up, Sam. I guess we could probably link that up later in the Let's show notes. Yeah. But here's how it works in, in basics. When you think of something and you imagine yourself out a year from now, let's take your five ones and build on that. A year from now, you think about having this out there in the world, successful, being your signature program, serving this dream client, you know, dominating this channel, having this one big conversion event. When you think about that, does it feel exciting and expansive and inspiring or do you feel contracted around it? Mm-hmm. Does it feel heavy and overwhelming and exhausting? 
Now, here's the trick. Just because it feels contracted doesn't mean it's not your thing. So this was the big aha, mind-blowing moment in my world. And then what I feel like has really been helpful for a lot of my clients since I learned this was contractive doesn't mean stop. It means the way you're imagining it has something conflicting in it for you that will not allow you to feel your most authentic and really be in your superpower. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to shift your paradigm of what you think it's supposed to look like so that it gets more expansive again. Mm -hmm. And then you move on it. I love that so much. I love this so much because we're energetic beings and you can't think your way through everything. Your body will give you the cues that you need. And especially as thought leaders, we've got to be really careful to balance this. I'm committing to this, but also I'm not going to develop and distill and constantly evolve what I'm doing because as thought leaders, we need to do that. So it Mm -hmm. is a really fine balance. And I love that you've brought this up because we do need to check in consistently and say, you know, is this right? And it isn't that, like, I'm sure we've all had that moment where we've got that client that we're like, okay, I need the money, I'll keep them on, I'll keep them on, I'll keep them on. And then at some time you're just like, no, I've got to let them go. And you just get that, I'm so glad I did that. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not one that's had that moment. No, you're not. And you're bringing up such a great question. It doesn't just have to be our offering. Sometimes it's the type of clients we work with. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we start our businesses and we go through different chapters where we find ourselves, you know, like attracting a certain kind of people or thinking that we're going to work with this type of business owner or this type of business. And then as we evolve, I think sometimes the type of clients we want to work with shifts too. Mm -hmm. So I think everything we're talking about can be applied to a program, a type of business or a type of client, or even like what your role is in the business. It can apply to anything. Your messaging, your programs, all sorts. I know we were talking about this the other day and I got really excited because as we've gotten to know each other over the years, over the years, over the year, I should say, (laughs) we've both realized, like, I feel like I've known you forever. We both realized we don't just go to practical, like logic brain tools. We both actually have a set of tools in our toolbox that Mm -hmm. use all of the tools at our disposal as human beings, a lot of them using energy and consciousness and ancient wisdom. You know, one of the tools when I go through my, okay, I've done the practical, logical, now I've checked in for expansiveness versus contractedness, then I'm like, I'm still confused. I don't know what I'm going to do. Then I go to the energy. I <laughs> so I was showing it to you guys the other day, right? <laughs> so I think the official term for this is a dowser. It's actually a crystal on a chain. Mm-hmm. Just for the record, I am only one woo on the woo-woo scale, but that woo serves me very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I use this. And honestly, it is so helpful to have an external tool They can help me recognize my internal energetic field when I'm conflicted about something or I can't get out of my head and really trust my energy. So Mm -hmm. I know you have some too. What are some of the, I guess, more practical as well as the maybe more woo (laughs) tools that you use? And there's two that I use consistently every day in my business. One of them is kinesiology. So if you've not Mm -hmm. heard of kinesiology, it's muscle testing. 
So the idea behind that is we have all the answers within us already. So on YouTube, you can see videos where, you know, the way that I first learned was, you know, you hold your arm out to the side, which you kind of can't see in this frame, but people will ask a question and they'll push down on your arm. And if it's a no, if your body's giving a no, like your arm will, will break the resistance. But if it's a yes, it will hold strong. And the first time that I did this with a kinesiologist, I was like, whoa, I didn't even do anything. Like your body just, it just knows. So the way that I do this on my own is I create this like little duck bill with my fingers and I ask myself questions. And you have to start off by getting a, a foundation. So you ask yourself really basic questions that you already know the answer to. Like, you know, is my name Samantha? Like you can see, yes, is my name Melanie? No, it's not. So you start, you get that, that baseline and then you start to ask yourself, but with kinesiology, you need to make sure that you ask yourself very specific questions. Otherwise you could end up down a rabbit hole. So don't ask mm. yourself, maybe, you know, should I do this program? It's, well, you could ask yourself, should I do this program? But now it's like, should I start implementing this program today? Should I start implementing this program in 2022? Start getting your that idea and then you start to spread it out okay is it is it in october is it in november and you start to do that so kinesiology is one of the things that i use and the other one is tarot cards and what i love about tarot cards is it helps you to access parts of your mind that you may not be accessing so just i pull cards i don't actually pull cards every day but numerous times a week i pull cards and it really helps you to go into the parts of your brain that maybe there's a bit of a shadow there and it can really open up some new thoughts. So there are two things mm. that I do in my business to, to really know, you know, am I going to explore this? Am I going to do this? You know, and I guess if we kind of come back to the full circle with this concept of perseverance, I would have to say my last tip, and I know you're going to probably say something similar is support is because I think sometimes the environment we're surrounded with is either like, charging us up and getting us inspired and, and makes us want to persevere or they reinforce those parts of us that want to give up. So I think having a really good coach, being in some kind of really great mastermind mm -hmm. that isn't one of those masterminds that's just like a yes man or yes woman. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, they're really going to challenge you to show up and be the best version of yourself. And that's facilitated by somebody who really understands how to use great tools to help you access the best version of you and to not just push you to do something when it's not good for you. Like there are a lot of mentors out there that they just want you to succeed at their program. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing intrinsically, but not everybody knows how to help you be the most authentic version of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something you probably want to look at when you're looking for a resourceful community that's going to keep you plugged in to persevering on those days where you're feeling sad or you're feeling like you want to give up, which we all have because mm -hmm. businesses can be hard, but you, you don't want to give up before you get to the gold. 100%. And I just want to say that, that, that being part of something where you're constantly feeling out of alignment will burn you out. If you are constantly mm -hmm. out of alignment, you will burn out, you will get sick, you will quit, you will, all the bad things will happen. It affects your relationships. So I love that you mentioned as someone that supports you and helps you to, to be in alignment with who you are, 
sometimes that that's still not going to feel comfortable. Sometimes that's still maybe a coach that's pushing you up against your boundaries, which is very different. And that's what we've been talking about today. So it's really important to get very clear on these feelings and start to learn what they are so that you can start to differentiate and discern what these feelings are because the difference between doing something that you shouldn't be doing that's out of alignment with you and doing something that's new and just feels a little bit hard because it's new are two totally different things. So really great yes. point, Melanie. Yeah, well said. I'm loving this so much. I don't want to stop, but I know we're going to stop here. So I'm so glad we're coming back next week to talk about some more of the journey of being somebody who is influencing and impacting the lives of others. And what are these parts of us that we have to fine tune and, and strengthen so that we can have more of an impact in this world? Because I know that's, that's really what we both do. And that's what we get passionate about as well. Absolutely. So if you're loving these tips, you want to make sure you stay connected Whatever platform you are watching this on, make sure you follow both myself and Samantha Riley on this platform. We are going to be doing these weekly and we don't want you to miss out. And we talked about a couple of resources today. And I realized depending on which platform you're watching this on, we may or may not have the link in the comments because, <laughs> or in the show notes because some platforms, which will remain nameless, do not alike links. So Samantha, I want to just mention authorityamplifiers.com is where you can get my eight-step roadmap to transforming your wisdom into wealth as a highly paid authority. It's a download. And then there's a masterclass. So you can really learn how to put that into action. I and that. I know you've got some great resources, Sam. What's the best one to share today? Yeah, I think today, if you want to really develop and distill your thought leadership so you can get those five ones really distilled down so they're nice and clear, then head to samanthariley.global forward slash thought leader and get the free resource there so you can start to really get clear on those five ones so that you can commit and persevere to getting your goals. Love it. So before you go, tell something you loved about today's episode. We want to make this your show. We want to tackle the subjects you're concerned about. We want to give you tips and resources that are really going to help you where you're at in your business and, and the work you're doing in the world. Tag a friend who you think might benefit from this topic around perseverance and knowing, should I keep going or should I give up? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Melanie Benson, and this and is my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you back next week. Ciao. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.